It is the afternoons on SEN. I'm Glenn Hawke. Great to have you here for this Monday, the 22nd of January. Thanks for listening wherever you may be listening across the SEN network. 1170 here in Sydney, north of the border, SENQ 693 AM. You could be listening via our app, and I hope you're doing so via that. Anywhere around Australia or around the world, you know how to get apps from app stores and Spotify and the likes these days. So thanks to everyone who's joining from anywhere around Australia or indeed could be around the world. A big thanks to SBS Fence Hire. They are joining us as our sponsor here this afternoon, and we have a very, very big day coming up, as we said, this first, or Monday, the 22nd of January. A little bit uh, a little bit average out there in Sydney today, just under 23 degrees. But plenty of hot sport happening right around Australia at the moment. We're going to talk Test Cricket and BBL with our SEN commentator, Adam White, and plenty happening in the world of cricket at the moment. Zach Bailey from Nine News, he's going to stop by very shortly indeed. We're going to talk all things sport, what's happening. Australian Open, we're going to talk Rugby League. Of course, it, uh, the Rugby League world never sleeps and plenty happening in the world of Rugby League at the moment. We'll have a chat to Zach about that. And we'll also head across the ditch with Mark Stafford, Tess Connery from Media Week. She's going to pop on by. We're going to talk about well, TV ratings in the world of sport at the moment. And isn't, isn't it just a great time for sports fans any night of the week, you can sit down on the couch, you can have tennis wash over you, plenty of big bash, a day-night test match coming up very, very soon and all that will have an impact on TV ratings right around Australia. We'll have a chat about that with the lovely Tess Connery. That's coming up a little later. And, of course, my co-pilot here this afternoon, Coach K, he'll provide us with his sports update and who am I? is back by popular demand, no doubt. So uh, we'll hear from Coach K a little bit later on, back from leave, back from COVID, and, but I can tell you he's fit and well. No mask, no nothing required. He's fit and well and ready to go this afternoon. So looking forward to that a little bit later on. But uh, all things Australian Open happening at the moment, and no doubt we've heard right throughout the day already about Alex Dimonor going down last night against Andre Rublev, and what a match it was in that five-setter. Um, he looked great early on. He couldn't quite hold on to that very first game. He was serving to stay into that first set, but went down in that first set. But, geez, the fight he showed in that second and third going through to the through to tiebreakers there. Reminiscent of the bloke sitting in his box, Leighton Hewitt there. Geez, he looked very, very good through those second and third sets. And he looked like he was going to uh, cause a bit of an upset as well up against the, the world number five in, uh, in Rublev. But in the end, it was Rublev who just went on with it. And uh, he was outstanding through those final two sets. 6-3, 6 love in the end. But it was, as we said, it was great to see. He, he didn't give up at any point. The fight he showed right through to the very last point. He was, the crowd was pumping him up. He was pumping the crowd up. But uh, in the end, he, um, he looked devastated as he walked off the, the Melbourne Park Rod Laver Arena at the same point in the tournament as he did last year, going down in the, in the fourth round, unable to make it through to the, uh, the second week of the Australian Open. But... Um, in the post-match presser, he, he brushed off speculation that was it too much pressure? Was was that that got to him in the end? And he, he brushed it off and basically said that Rublev was just too good. It wasn't pressure at all. Rublev was just too good. No doubt he was very disappointed, though. As we said, he, he went down to, to Novak Djokovic in the same point last year. He, he was given a bit of a lesson 12 months ago. But um, we can't take away from Alex Demon all the, the enormous strides he's made in his game over the last 12 months and leading into this tournament at the United Cup, claiming three top 10 scalps, including Novak Djokovic, which lifted him into the top 10. Unfortunately, he's going to slip back to 11th 
after this Australian Open result, but still outstanding performances, still only 24 years of age, so much more ahead of him. And we're going to see obviously a lot more of Alex Demonor. Can he be the next Australian to hold off the, uh, the Australian Open trophy? Obviously, we saw Ash Barty do it in the women's uh, a couple of years ago now, but it would be amazing to see Alex Demonor lift up the trophy this year. And uh, will it be, who, who will it be now as we look towards this week? Is Novak Djokovic going to be the man to a tournament? He's just dominated 10 Australian titles. He had another huge win yesterday. Six love, six love, six three over, over the Frenchman, um, Adrian Mariano. He's won now 32 consecutive matches on Rod Laver Arena has Novak Djokovic. And uh, he's also equaled Rod, Roger Federer's record of 58 Grand Slam qualifying appearances. Can Novak Djokovic be the man to go on and win the Australian Open this year. We want to hear from you this right throughout the afternoon, listeners. 0457 736 736, the Australian Open. Who's uh, who's going to be your tip to win it in 2024? Is Novak our man, or will it be someone else who will etch their name onto this coveted trophy? Heaps more happening in the world of sport, and no better man to talk about it than uh, than my good mate, Zach Bailey. Nine newsmen, not in Melbourne at the moment. He'd be one of the few nine network people who's... Not in Melbourne. Zach Bailey, good afternoon. I'm glad you're not in Melbourne. I'm glad you're joining us here this afternoon. Corky, it is great to chat. I'm still the coffee boy here at night, so <laughs> I've been busy getting Pete over to his almond latte this morning, so he'll be fired up for a big news break this afternoon or tonight. Geez, you're a good bloke, Zach. Whatever it takes, hey, mate. Whatever it takes, you're just the good company man that you are. Well, I do my best. You know, I haven't been here too long. Um, but no, no, um, as you mentioned, yeah, a lot of the crew is down in... Uh, down at Melbourne Park. It's been a fascinating 10 days or so, uh, so far. And uh, I know you were just speaking about it. And it's been uh, been a lot of reaction to uh, Alex Demonor's loss overnight. Um, I fell asleep uh, when he won the third set. And I was hoping that he would get the job done. But uh, sadly, you know, it's, it's one of those sports talky that when momentum, when you lose it, you can lose it fast. And we saw that sadly in those last two sets last night. And and kudos for um, for Roblev, who he looked down and out during that that second and third set. He looked like he was even carrying injury at one stage. I think we saw his um, his crew in his box putting salt into his water bottle to try and get some more salt into him. But um, it, it was a mammoth performance by him to turn that tide from two sets to one down to to win it to get through to the quarters. Yeah, no doubt about that. The, I mean the the personal rants or you know whatever was going on with him the outbursts mm. um they were yeah it was, it was quite fascinating to see the way he changed from the first set into the second and third set and how how demon just basically became like really composed mm. um and, and was using that to his advantage using you know rublev's anger and frustration against himself the the one thing that you've got to admire um, about Alex Demonor is just that fighting spirit. Like there was a yeah. that the second set tiebreak last night was some some of the the best tennis he'll ever play. But just just what was on the line? Like he'd never come back ever from losing the first two sets in a five set match. So mm. he knew like if he didn't win that tiebreak, there was no way he was really any chance of doing anything. So to then go you know win the second and win the third, he just had that momentum and. It is sad that he hasn't been able to break the barrier, and he, he said uh, last night that he's absolutely devastated. He hasn't been able to break into that quarterfinal um, at, at his home slam, which is something that we're all hoping this year, given his form in the lead-up, you know, beating Taylor Fritz, beating Novak Djokovic, 
um, beating Alcaraz in a charity match as well. Some of the, you know, the most informed and best players mm. still remaining in the tournament. So um, I don't know. If, uh, the, the question now will be, like, what, what is Alex Dimonor's ceiling? Uh, I'm not an expert of the sport, um, but it's, it's going to be a fascinating journey his this year to follow. Like, you know, um, will there be any mental scars from this or will he use this as a springboard to take him into that quarterfinal stage of a Grand Slam when he is amongst the best of the best on tour? Yeah, you're right. And, and the, the what is his ceiling is, is a huge question. And it, and it shows at the moment what, you know, those top sort of three or four ranked tennis players, how you know, obviously the, they are the best of the best, but the, the gap that they have on, I suppose, from 10 and under, it, it is a huge gap between those top few and, and, and the rest of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, that's the, and that sadly you've got to learn the hard way. Mm. You know, there's you know even Novak, like he, he hasn't been anywhere near his best across the first three rounds, and then you go, oh, okay, you know, when he played yesterday, I was like, you know, it, it took him to the third set to drop the first game of the match, and he almost, yeah. and post match he said he almost felt like he wanted to drop a match, mm. no, no, drop a game, no. Um, no disrespect to Adrian, his opponent, but because of the, the tension, the build-up, and it allowed him to refocus. Yeah. But if you don't get any of those guys on, on, a, on a bad day, then they are really, really hard to beat. But, and the, the one thing that Alex has going for him is, like, I think it was Jim Courier's commentary last night when he, that, that amazing special shot around the net. Yeah. Uh, when he said, there's probably only three players on tour that could do that. Novak, Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz, and Alex Dimonor. Now, they're number one number two and number 10 in the world. So mm. to be in that frame, we all know, like like I said, he's a fighter. He's got the speed. He won't go down without a fight and, you know, he'll keep swinging until the, the last point. But it's those other big elements. He served and he said last night, his Achilles heel last night, 53% first serves went in. In the big moments, you've just got to nail more of those. So plenty of lessons out of it. Um, on the optimistic side, let, you know, let's hope this is the springboard moving forward for him. Um, but yeah, the, the gap, um, between world number 10 and world number two and three, there's still a bit to go there. I think the other thing that Alex Dimonor's got on his side as well as his age, I think he's, he'd be 10 years mm. the junior of, of Novak Djokovic at the moment, but it's, I suppose, how he can get that year-on-year improvement and one day there won't be a, a Novak Djokovic on the, other side of the, on the other side of the net and you know that becomes his opportunity. Yeah, well, Novak said yesterday in his press conference he has no desire to step away from it yet. He'll know... Uh, the time is right when he can't compete oh, on these big stages. He doesn't want. He just said, you know, I don't have to go out as well number one. I know that won't happen. Mm. Um, but I guess uh, Novak will be around for a while, which is great for all tennis fans. I don't know about you, Hawkey, but almost the last couple of years, it doesn't uh, feel the same for, you know, without uh, Roger Federer, without Nadal, yeah. without Djokovic, you know, playing in all these matches. But in saying that. It allows these other players to come through and be the next champions. And, and I know you just asked, like, you know, who can stop Novak or who will go all the way? Well, I, I cannot take my eyes off Alcaraz when he's playing at the mm. moment. And he seems like he seems uh, really humble. Um, he seems to say all the right things. He's also, like, he's confident. Don't get me wrong. He's you know, got a bit of personality as well. A, a lot of these individual, you know, sports stars have. Um, but his ability to move around the court, like... We will speak in the office um, here at nine the other day, and some people said he's like he's almost like just a robot. Like, yeah. Um, the, the way he moves around the court, the power he gets the ball back, and to think he's twenty, like that's scary. Yeah. But it's also great for the sport of tennis for people to latch on to the this next generation of stars, and, and he's definitely one of them. 
All right, mate, let's switch focus right now. We are, I think we're five or six weeks away from the start of the NRL season for 2024. Interesting reports this week, oh, sorry, today, Latrell Mitchell will be the fullback for the South Sydney Rabbitohs this year, according to uh, the coach, Jason Demetrio. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't really come as, as much of a surprise. JD, the coach, Jason Demetrio, has been saying, look, there's no way that Latrell is going yeah. to move. Um, from center, uh, from fullback into the centres or anywhere else in the back line or in the halves um, in, in the lead up to this season. But yeah, he has done another another uh, um, interview where he's basically said like he's you know the talk won't go away externally, but internally at Rabbitohs HQ uh, they're hell bent on keeping Latrell Mitchell at fullback, and I, I believe right now it is the right call. Um, Latrell hasn't had a solid preseason for a while without injury. You know, last couple of years have been interrupted by injuries as well. So uh, I, I think if they, if they get enough work into Latrell at fullback and he and he goes into the season fit and firing, the thing is, we all know hockey, we love rugby league, but when Latrell fires at fullback, he's one of the best players in the game. Uh, he missed 12 weeks last year. It was a calf injury that was you know potentially only going to see him out for a couple of weeks. It saw him out for three months and he didn't come back the same player. So, you know, let's hope for the Bunnies fans and all fans of the game out there that Latrell um, is at his peak fitness this year and he and he has a great year. Um, the, the one question that Bunnies fans always say is, you know, maybe pe- perhaps he needs to get more involved and that's why they'd like to see him in the front line as a centre. Well, mm. they've got Campbell Graham and Jack Whiten um, who are two very handy centres themselves. So I, I think it's the right call to leave, leave Latrell at fullback at the moment um, and just see what happens this year, see how, how his body holds up. You know, if he does a hamstring again, or if he injures injures himself again, potentially they might address it then. Uh, but for now, he, uh, I dare say he's a pretty handy fullback. Yeah, and the involvement question is is always one that keeps popping up. You know, the reality is he's not a James Tedesco or a Reece Walsh or a Kalen Ponga. He's a different style to play, a different style of player to that. And mm. you know, no doubt, Jason Demetrio and and South manage their or, or structure their game around what Latrell can bring to it. And there's no doubt when, as you as you mentioned, when he's at his best. And when he's turning it on, he's an absolute superstar. Yeah, he he's not those busy players like. No, I know. You know, in Origin around the ruck, people you know people have in the past referred to James Tedesco. It's like you know, it's like a pinball machine in there. Like he just bounces off people like yeah. a pinball, you know, pinball, and just you know, we'll see a gap and, and shoot through. You know, whether it's Damian Cook or Arpi Corusau or whoever the hooker has been, and and that that's his skill. You know, high involvement like Reese Walsh, he'll inject, he'll inject himself. Um, you know, his speed, his flair, he's got a good cutout pass on him as well. Latrell Mitchell's a bigger, um, more intimidating body, and he doesn't inject himself as much, but when he does, if he picks his moments, again, he's one of the most damaging players. And easily criticised for that, though. Um, mm. Another player, Clint Gutherson, um, you know, you, you won't see many fullbacks that work harder than someone like Clint Gutherson. I don't know if any fullbacks save more tries than him. Mm. And, you know, a lot of fans will say, well, you know, why can't Latrell do that? Because if Latrell was doing that, then he might have might not have the, the energy to inject himself in the, in the big moments where he has to be there and attack. They're all different players. They're all great for, you know, for their own teams. They all bring different things. Um, the one thing that I think will help take a bit of pressure off Latrell this year is the strike power of Jack Whiten, who can... Yeah you know, almost be a bit of a floater um, because, he, you know, he's played in the halves, he's played in the centres, he's played at fullback, he's played in the back row, he's a big body, and you can just imagine him popping up all across the field. Like, uh, I don't know how they plan to use him at South, 
Um, but I dare say his arrival um, and connection with Cody and Latrell Mitchell will bring the best out of Latrell back. You mentioned about their preseason the last couple of years now. They've been interrupted by injury, by World Cup commitments. South's bowing out when they did to win the, the end of last year means they've all come back together. They're all fit mm-hmm. now, a new player in it. South can't be, or they can only be better this year for it, right? They're not going to miss out well, on top eight this year. You, you think so, Hawkey, but I didn't, I didn't see them. Put it this way, if you, if you, if you ask me, uh, you know, a month before the, you know, the, the whole, you know, fallout of the club last year, you know, if you had to said, oh, you know, you know, Sam Burgess is going to walk out in the club in a month, yeah. and a, a week later, you know, Souths are going to miss the finals. I would have said, please, there's, there's absolutely no chance that's going to happen. And that that all unraveled like really quickly. Yeah. Yes, there were murmurs and it was bubbling away in the background. But in terms of it actually escalating to the point where it didn't happen after the season, was one of the you know the, the biggest shocks of the year and biggest headline stories of the year. Uh, but here, you know, like what are we ten months out from you know grand final day or you know less than nine months out? Mm. Um, yeah, you'd have to think that they're playing footy deep into September, but. Again, back to injuries and back to form and of players and other things um, in amongst that. And, what you know, as you know, the, the, the circus and the theatre of rugby league, who knows what can go wrong um, in between now and then. But, yeah, the Bunnies, their, their sights will definitely be set on going deep into September. No doubt. And it all gets underway with for the Bunnies over there in Vegas. Have, have, you, uh, have you put your hand up? Have you, you got your ticket yet, Zach? Or will you, like maybe sitting back here making coffee for others? <laughs> um, well, I'm actually... I'm, I'm actually going in the capacity of rugby league fan, oh, not even rugby better. league reporter. Even um, better. So there's a big squad. There's about there's about thirty of us: the old man, brother-in-law, brother, mate, their parent, or you know their dads and cousins and uncles. So there's a whole squad of us heading over to watch the footy. So uh, that is my little pre-season hit out a week before the season starts back here, oh. and then there'll be no holidays until late next year. Look out, Las Vegas! Zach Bailey and the crew are, are on their way. I cannot wait. Love it. <laughs> a, lot mate, of, a lot of work to be done between now and then, though. <laughs> mate, really appreciate your time. Always good to chat to you, and um, I'll see you at the footy rule soon. Sounds good, Hawkey. Well done. Thanks, mate. Zach Bailey, Channel 9, uh, one of the greats and a real gentleman of the media as well. We're going to take a break. This is the Afternoons with Glenn Hawke here on SEN. Time for a break, and we will be back with a whole lot more soon.